TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. Sit back, light the fire, kick your shoes off, because it's time for That Paleo Show with your favorite caveman, Brett Hill. Welcome to That Paleo Show, making the paleo lifestyle easy and accessible for everyone. I'm Brett Hill, and this week I'm joined by Adam and Vanessa Lambert from Be The Wellness. Be The Wellness is an innovative personal coaching company created by Adam and Vanessa and based in sunny California. They've been living together and working in the paleo world for nearly 10 years, helping to educate and empower clients on their personal journey to optimal health. So, welcome to the show, Adam and Vanessa. Thank you. It's great yeah. to be here. Yeah, thanks, man. This is awesome. Great to have you on, guys. And uh, we're just talking about your lovely sunny California weather over there. So, uh, you know, I'm down here in Australia and it's a little bit chilly this morning, but summer is coming. We've had a few glimpses of some nice sunny days. So I'm hoping that some of that sunshine from you guys will start filtering down this way. Well, we are sending it your way, fast and furiously. <laughs> yeah, it's the thing about California. We just, uh, we, we kind of we run through the summer and then pretty soon we're just praying for winter to come. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, so guys, you've been doing this for a while now, you know, 10 years. Tell us a little bit about your journey. What made you guys get into paleo 10 years ago? And, you know, tell us maybe a little bit about the paleo scene 10 years ago. Yeah, absolutely. And we should probably update that because I think it's been a little longer than 10 years at this point. <laughs> but we, um, it, you know, funny, our, our sort of foray into this whole thing was uh, our introduction to Rob Wolf at uh, NorCal Strength and Conditioning. So we used to live up in Chico in Northern California. And uh, I initially found him online and started training at the gym. And funny as it was, you know, him being sort of, you know, a, a big figure in paleo now at the time, that wasn't really even a word you know, outside of uh, like mm. actual paleontology, right? And so it came about at one point where Vanessa, she had terrible seasonal allergies. You know, the the Chico area, there's a, an agricultural area. So in springtime, it's just, you know, it's crazy for people who have any sort of seasonal allergies. And her aunt actually said, you know what, you really ought to try cutting out gluten and cutting out dairy. And you know, I was like, what? This is ridiculous. Like, what kind of, you know, what what sort of, you know, witch doctory are we dealing with here, you know? And uh, so, of course, I refused to do it and continued, you know, on my, my normal low-fat dairy and whole grains and kind of a, a very, like, um, zone-esque, you know, kind of thing that I had going on. And then one day, uh, she, yeah, eventually she started training at NorCal as well. And she came home one day and she's like, hey, so Rob thinks that my diet is on point. You know, and I'm like, what? <laughs> what could possibly be going on here? So the next time I go into training, I'm like, hey, Rob, what's up with this? And he just sort of unloaded his whole, well, you know, because back back then it was like, okay, well, don't don't quit training here because you think I'm a crackpot, but <laughs> here's the situation, you know, and laid it out in, in kind of only the way that, that he can do. And we've pretty much been on board since. Yeah. And then Rob and I just continued to bully him <laughs> outwardly <laughs> and, you know, sort of passive aggressively over the next year or two until he finally submitted. <laughs> so, so you were the first one to make changes. So what sort of stuff did you notice when you started making changes? Well, like Adam said, you know, the seasonal allergies all but went away. And that was really a huge change in my lifestyle because I was looking down the barrel at literally trying, you know, taking allergy medication every day, or if not having some pretty serious um, consequences, like 
literally at some points, my eyes would just swell shut from an allergic reaction. So mm-hmm. I had a little bit of that going on. I also had some acne and, you know, sort of some cystic stuff going on in my skin. I had some stomach troubles. There was just sort of these underlying, you know, the symptoms that, you know, were pretty much all just, w- but went away when I started eating gluten-free and dairy-free. And then, you know, as I started to really learn more about the paleo diet, I really realized that all of those were really connected to that inflammation story. And once I kind of squelched that inflammation, all of these things subsided and I was just a happier, healthier human being. Nice. And Vanessa, I guess then you had a situation which a lot of people, uh, you know, following the paleo diet can probably relate to where you were on board, like you'd made these changes, but your partner <laughs> wasn't coming along with you. So tell us a little bit how that was in, in that initial stage when you were wanting to make changes. Um, you know, how did that work at home when you were both eating different meals and all that sort of stuff? Yeah, you know, there's always a tricky little navigational thing that goes along with trying to get people in your life on board. And I think for me, it was much less about, you know, even though I was joking that we bullied him into it, it was much less about that, but sort of just leading by example and showing the the kinds of things that were changing for me, presenting information when and if it was requested, and just kind of keeping that conversation going, but from a really, you know, a point of view of of sharing instead of bullying or pressuring pressuring or, you know, forcing information, we've found that, you know, with our clients and with our friends and family that, you know, just sharing from a really authentic place gets you a lot further than trying to force feed information down people's throats. (laughs) Yeah. So in the meantime, like how did that work in your household? Were you cooking two separate meals or what was going on? You know, the funny thing is, so Adam's other, in his other world, he's a chief for the fire department. So he's gone half the week. So for the most part, I would be making my own meals anyway. And then when we would be together, you know, there'd be some variations. Maybe I would just eat, the, you know, our, my burger without a bun or, you know, I wouldn't have cheese on it. Or, you know, back then we were eating a lot of chicken salads and a lot of things like that anyway. So it wasn't a huge difference, but, you know, we would just kind of slightly vary what he was doing compared to me. Okay, so tell us about this from your perspective, Adam. You know, was Vanessa really as as mature about this and as, um, you know, zen about this as she suggested? Or, or how did you feel about when she made these changes? Was there any pressure from your side? And, and how did you feel about the changes she was making at the time? Yeah, well, that's it's an astute question. I mean, there's there's always uh, another side to every story when it comes to this kind of stuff. But um, she's, you know, kind of in our circle, uh, she's just known as the master convincer. Like, if there's anything that anybody needs to be talked into, it's she's the the first one up the bat. They're like, actually, you know what? Uh, just get Vanessa to go over there and deal with it. So there's there's some degree uh, that you know that it just kind of happened. But but to be honest, it was. Um, you know, for, for me, I don't really make a lot of changes. I don't do anything unless I've researched it and been through it over and over and have a, like a thorough understanding of what I, uh, of kind of what's going on or what I think about it. And so for me, I was already eating a way that I thought from my research and from everything that I'd done was, was on point for what I was doing. So I was actually fairly resistant because it's like, well, wait a second. No, where, you know, where does this, Show me where this is, because here I'm reading that whole grains and low fat dairy and this and that. And these are the things and blah, blah, blah. You know, I have all of this, this sort of information to back up my, you know, belief, for lack of a better term, in, in what kind of I was eating. And um, at least initially until Rob 
came on the set, uh, we were just dealing very much in in anecdotal evidence. Mm-hmm. Even though it was it was very obvious to me that these were significant benefits for Vanessa, but I'm like, hey, well, I don't have seasonal allergies, so mm-hmm. this isn't a problem for me, mm-hmm. you know. And it wasn't until um, you know, kind of getting a third party involved and a third party that I, you know, had a lot of respect for as my coach where I was like, okay, let me give this a shot. And, and so it really, you know, the, the back and forth between us was like, cause I'm, I'm fairly stubborn when it comes to this kind of stuff. You know? And it's like, no, this is, this is what's going on. But you know, it, as far as making it work goes, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And it's like Vanessa was saying, we'd make, you know, hamburgers and I'd have a bun and she wouldn't. And, you know, and we, and we see that actually that's, a lot with our clients. Like mm-hmm. we, we try to encourage people to eat meals that are just literally one shade away mm-hmm. from, you know, being paleo or not paleo and just kind of let people sort that stuff out, you know? Yeah, nice. All right. So basically what you're saying is for people out there trying to convince their partner to go paleo, the best bet is just become friends with Rob Wolf. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's a huge piece. <laughs> it's super helpful. I mean, you can invite him over over to dinner, and he'll explain ad nauseum like why things are, you know, are the the way that they should be. I think yeah. the thing though that Adam said, which is really important to identify, is you know, there's different kinds of people, and where Adam really needed the research, he needed you know concrete evidence. There's other people who really take the anecdotal stuff and run with it. So I think it's just about knowing which thing appeals to whoever you're trying to sort of get on board. And for me, it's all about trial and error. You know, I want to, I just want to feel what it feels like. So you just kind of have to know who it is that you're dealing with and appeal to them on that level. Yeah. And I think for, you know, people out there, and honestly, it is often females, like most of the people who will listen to our show are females. Um, Uh And very often they're trying to get their partner and very often it is their their, their male partner on board with this sort of stuff. And and honestly, Rob Wolf is usually the guy that I recommend because, you know, he does have that kind of blokey manliness about him that guys can relate to you know he's funny he's entertaining mm-hmm. but he also he backs it up with that science and so i really do think that is he is someone that guys just particularly just really relate to i think yeah and he's the whole package you know it's not only does he have the you know the research and the the the, the science background, he's a legitimate strength and conditioning coach. So I think that especially for men, it makes a huge difference to know that he's the total package and he's not just, you know, coming at this from some nerdy scientist point of view. <laughs> yeah, that, that'll be the quote for our promo for the episode, actually. Vanessa says yes. Rob Wolf is the total package. Um, so, <laughs> so Adam, tell us about what happened to you, though. Obviously, you know, you were pretty good with your uh, exercise already, uh, but all of a sudden you, you started, you know, making some, oh, and sorry, pretty good with your diet already but all of a sudden you started making some changes and going paleo so did you notice much difference or you know how did that go for you yeah so the and, and i think this is a pretty common story right with paleo stuff especially you're like well there's nothing wrong with me i don't need to change anything that i'm eating <laughs> and about 30 days in you know to being gluten and dairy free you realize that there were things wrong with you you just thought that that's how life was you know so for me it was a lot of gastrointestinal stuff where it's like i realized that it's not normal to just fart all day long. You know what I mean? Like all of a sudden that stuff goes away. And then joint pain and inflammation uh, were, were the other two things that I, I just kind of let fall away. I was, you know, I've always been a pretty solid athlete. So I train a lot and I train hard. And so pain has kind of always come along with strength and conditioning. And what I really noticed dramatically with the, the transition to this paleo diet was that a lot of that pain started to go away. And it was, I, you know, now I can kind of reference back and look and be like, yeah, man, I had a lot of inflammation, a lot of specific things going on that, um, you know, were, were certainly um, 
aggravated by the diet. What about athletic performance, Adam? Did you notice changes there? You know, other than my ability to recover, right? So like less pain equals, you know, more days of training. <laughs> there's there's nothing that I could really put my th- finger on that says, oh, wow. And I saw this massive increase in performance here or there. Um, I, I know some people definitely do see that. It, it took... Uh, for for me, it took this kind of interesting path of like going paleo and then eventually trying um, r- relatively low carb paleo, and then it was like this combination of the zone and paleo because this was I mean this was budding CrossFit years, right? So we were paleo zoned, but then it was like okay, but it's zoned, but it's 10x the fat and half <laughs> of the carbohydrate, and you know there's just these like wonky things back and forth that eventually ended up looking a hell of a lot like a ultra low carbohydrate paleo diet and and that actually tanked me and it took a while to like come back around to 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 really reintroducing a lot of what you know soon became known as safe starches back into the diet and and so like if there was anything from a performance gain perspective i i saw a massive regaining of performance once i started to kind of normalize a paleo diet back to a macronutrient neutral perspective you know yeah, I like that. There's a couple of things I reckon that are really important there. And and the first one is I think it just speaks to, you know, finding out what motivates you, like what's your why. And I, and I think it's really obvious with you guys that it's that it can be quite different. You know, for Adam, I think for you that, that optimal performance, that exercise, you know, that ability to recover and get back into the gym again seems like it's a pretty big driver for you. Is that true? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's a, I mean, that, that sort of uh, performance, you know, it's, it's all about having some kind of metric to track, you know, and as I kind of mentioned earlier, I like the research. I like to know why things are working and, and to be able to sort of objectively measure what's happening. And, and a large part of the way that I do that is through performance, whether it's, you know, yeah, one rep snatches or some kind of running or, you know, whatever the, whatever the just sort of obje- objective measure is. Yeah, it's 100%. Uh, how I know whether things are working for me or not, you know? Yeah. And then what about for you, Vanessa? I mean, obviously, your why was a little bit about moving away from the the allergies and and stuff, but also, um, you know, what were you moving towards? You know, what motivates you in terms of making those sort of changes? You know, honestly, it's it's really sort of a holistic approach. And for me, it was obviously feeling healthier, feeling stronger, um, you know, having less inflammation in that whole package. But, you know, in the beginning days, Adam and I were actually competing on Rob Wolf's CrossFit team. So I definitely had, a you know, a strong pull towards the athletic compass of it and making sure that my recovery was good, making sure that we were fueling appropriately for, you know, competition and that kind of thing. And, you know, as it sort of evolved, It's become much more about it becoming the most effortless thing that I can do to feel really optimized day in and day out. So it's just now just it's just our lifestyle. And, you know, if things get off the rails or we're traveling a lot, I just really notice I don't feel as optimized anymore. So now it's just about really functioning on that high level at full capacity all the time. Yeah. And I love that. And, and that's so important is it is just about figuring out, you know, what motivates you. And I'm sure this is the case for so many of your clients that really when people can understand the different motivations that each of them have, um, then it really allows them to, um, to you know, find out why they want to make the change. And I think that really is the key whenever you're taking on, you know, any sort of new lifestyle program like this. 
Yeah, absolutely. And people just really have to give it a long enough trial period too to actually be able to compare because I think what often happens is people give something a shot for a week or 10 days and you know, I'm sure you've gone through it yourself when you're when you're transitioning from sort of we call it a standard American diet. I don't know if you call it a standard yeah, Australian diet there, much, but yeah. but you know, same kind of context when you're when you're transitioning into this lifestyle, it can get a little wonky and you may not feel great right away. So, you've got to give it a long enough trial period where you can actually compare and contrast what it felt like before until now. Yeah, great. Now, Adam, uh, you mentioned before safe starches. Do you want to talk a little bit about those and and the importance of that? Because I think for people who are wanting to do, um, you know, some more high intensity training, maybe some more high volume training, then then understanding how that whole, you know, carbohydrate fat balance works. You know, there's so many people talking about the low fat diet, but as you said, for sometimes for people I think like yourself who are, you know, doing a bit more in terms of uh, exercise, then that doesn't always work so well either. So, talk to us about how that worked for you and how you found that balance. And, and what are resistant starches for people who don't know? Well, uh, well, okay. So resistant starches and, and safe starches, I would say, are probably two different categories. But the 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 safe starches, what what I was kind of referring to there, are just yeah. y- y- just the um, you know things like sweet potatoes, white potatoes, uh, white rice, and and the starches that we just know tend to not contain the anti nutrients that you would find in things like whole grains. Um, and you know, for some people, even beans, it just, you know, mm. what we're finding more and more is that there's, there's a lot of variability in there as to like kind of who is, um, who has the, the actual reaction or intolerance to the lectins or phytates that we might find in these things or in the, specifically in the gluten for, for the grain. So it's sort of this sort of finding, uh, you know, the, how many things can you eat that don't actually irritate you? Um, but generally speaking, when we try to reintroduce someone into a safe starch, if they need more carbohydrate to fuel their training load, or if they just don't thrive on a low carb diet, like kind of no matter what their situation is, we almost always start with um, like one piece of just kind of whole fruit per day. So like a apple, orange, whatever, because there's there's so many micronutrients in the fruit mm-hmm. that if you just cut that stuff out completely, you're just I mean, you're really missing kind of an entire spectrum that's available. And, you know, not that you should go crazy on it, like and, you know, and certainly don't get crazy on juices or anything like that. But, you know, some whole fruits, not a bad idea at all. And then uh, sweet potatoes, white potatoes and white rice are the ones that we find tend to have kind of the most um, nutrient dense for one and then pointed uh, sort of result. You know, it's like where we're eating them for a specific reason. And so it's a it's a it's a great tool, so to speak, to, to throw in there. And kind of as far as balancing that goes with uh, so like you'd mentioned the, the balance between carbohydrate intake and fat intake, we find for a lot of folks that the the, the reason we're going to have them on a higher carbohydrate diet. And I mean, and higher, I mean, we're still talking, I mean, I'm a 200 pound or 210 pounds and I'm still a high carbohydrate day for me. It'd be 300 grams. And that's, I mean, and that's a heavy day of training for me to do that. So we're still not talking 600 to a thousand grams of carbohydrate, which mm. is what some people would consider that. Um, but we almost always find that if you follow your training load, so if you have a weight training day followed by a rest and recovery or some sort of you know uh, low level cardio cardio kind of day, that uh, that training day can be a higher carbohydrate day, and the next day could be a almost no carbohydrate day, and you can kind of get in this cyclic ketogenic or cyclic low carb um, sort of mode, and that just 
it, we just keep going back to it. I mean, as many things as we've tried and tried to get people into this and do this and, you know, go seven days with none and then we'll do a big refeed and, you know, all of these different options and things that you hear about. Almost always we find that coming back to a, um, a, a sort of plan where you eat carbohydrate to support your exercise, whatever that means. So if it's a a, a low-level cardio day where you 100% should have been able to do all of that whilst burning fat, then you don't, you just don't get any carbs that day. And if it's a, you know, a high-volume strength training day or some sort of crazy glycolytic energy pathway day, like a, you know, a, a gnarly CrossFit type high metabolic demand hmm. uh, thing, then it's a different story. And what are your thoughts on uh, exercising fasted, Adam? I think for some people, well. First, depends on the person. Second, depends on the goal. Um, there's certainly times where I use uh, fasted training, and, and, I, and I think it's amazing. So, for example, um, it, if you were going to do some sort of low-level cardio first thing in the morning, uh, I think it's a fantastic idea to just continue your fast and do that training fasted if you're just looking for um, general aerobic conditioning, uh, general physical preparedness, general health goals. I think there's a lot of great things that can happen with that. Um, and then, of course, the post-exercise window, fasted or fed, you know, we can pick some levers there. Where where I don't like it is people who are underslept, overstressed generally, mm. uh, maybe even underfed on a – like a, if you were to look at like a weekly caloric load, a little bit underfed, and they get up and do a 45-minute CrossFit chipper fasted and then, you know, eat low-carb the rest of the day. Uh, that that is where I think uh, fasting, or I'm sorry, training fasted can kind of you know burn the candle at both ends a little. Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm glad you uh, you went into that. So for people who uh, you know who are thinking, okay, well I've exercised a little bit more today. I mean, you would definitely recommend you know sweet potatoes, potatoes and rice as opposed to say um, you know a gluten free bun or a gluten free yeah. uh, you know whatever. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you brought that up because, you know, this is a trap that we see people falling into quite a bit is that now, I mean, so back in the day, there there weren't all of these replacement foods, you know, there weren't healthy replacement foods out there or these gluten-free treats or whatever. So if you wanted carbohydrate and you weren't intending to eat um, some sort of anti-nutrients, then guess what? You were pretty much stuck with whole foods. And now, of course, that's not the, that's not the case. There's so many options out there and some of them are fantastically tasty and have gotten <laughs> to the point yeah. now where they're they're definitely firing all the food reward pathways and all the things that we know were kind of helping people succeed when they got away from that stuff right so yeah definitely stick with the whole foods i mean there's and in fact with some of our folks who aren't necessarily even um, completely on board with the paleo idea even just eliminating the processed foods and getting them eating actual things like mm chicken, vegetables, starch of some kind, and they see dramatic results, even though they haven't necessarily gone full-blown. So always opt for the whole food. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So what what are these ideas? Plants and animals. Crazy. Hey, uh, Vanessa, one of the things you mentioned earlier was about making it effortless. And I think that resonates with so many people, especially as you get, I guess, further into your journey into this sort of paleo lifestyle is this idea of, well, how can I make it so that it's not like I'm dieting and it's not like I'm having to, you know, consciously, um, you know, eat a certain way? How do I make it so that it's just effortless? It's just part of my life. Um, You know, what do you think are the tricks for people to make it easier for themselves? And I guess particularly for families, families, when you've got, you know, multiple people you're cooking 
looking for? You know, how do you make it more effortless? You know, I think one of the biggest things for me is, you know, there's people who love to cook and love to follow recipes and want to stay in the kitchen for hours on end. But for most of us, that's just not really realistic, whether or not people love it or or not. We just don't have a lot of time anymore. So it's, you know, for us, one of the things that's really made a huge difference for us is one, if you can get some kind of CSA box or some kind of local farm box that gets delivered to your house or your gym, or if there's anything like that in your community that you can sign where you get, you know, weekly deliveries of whatever's fresh, whatever's local, whatever's organic. Do you guys have stuff like that out there? Yeah, we do. They're great. Yeah, awesome. And those are a huge game changer because literally it just shows up at your door. And now for one, you're eating things that maybe you wouldn't normally eat because, you know, when you, we go to the grocery store, we tend to pick the same things over and over. For two, we're getting, you know, local, freshly organic grown fruits and vegetables. So there's a whole micronutrient story there that's really powerful. And the other thing is that you know, anything that you cook in this paleo world can really taste delicious if you just cook it with some good oil and, you know, grill it or fry it lightly or saute it. So you just have to keep it really simple. And um, I think that anything that you can do, if you can trade meals with people, I have, we have clients who actually get together on, you know, one week a day and they each cook one big meal and then they swap so that each of them comes away with, you know, three different meals for the week to share. So there's all these little tricks that make it really easy, but also make it, you know, still um, exciting and and nutritious. You know, you don't want to get into the same habits of just eating the same thing over and over. And then you're not really getting nourished to the fullest extent. You're getting bored and you're probably going to get disenfranchised with this whole process. So those are a couple of tricks that I've seen work really, really well. Yeah, I love that idea. You know, it kind of reminds me of the first time I ordered my meat in bulk and I ordered like mm-hmm. a quarter of a cow or a half a cow, you know, and all of a sudden there was like osabuco. I was like, I had to Google it. I've never even heard of this before. You know, what, what is it? How do I cook it? What am I supposed to do with it? But but as you start to then learn that, you know, you start to learn ways of doing it and, and cooking it and, you know, making it taste okay, um, then you start to expand your repertoire of like what you can do and, and you know, all of a sudden I was cooking these like, you know, slow cooked brisket roasts and stuff, you know, I was like, wow, this yeah. is this is kind of cool. So, I think that is a great way to sort of expand your repertoire is just to, um, you know, to, to buy some of that different stuff. And, and just play around with it and see what you can do. Yeah, and the slow cooker or, you know, the Instapot, as a lot of folks are using, are your best friend. You know, anything that you can set it and forget it and it's just cooking while you're doing other things is definitely going to improve, you know, your timeline and, and how much you can accomplish during the day and still stay nourished. Yeah, and it's a great way to attack those pieces of meat that are left at the bottom of the freezer. Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that, that's, always the, that's always the adventure, you know, when your half a cow runs out and you've eaten all of the things that you're familiar with, you're like, hmm. <laughs> What, to what, do. Is, what even comes in a package that shape? You know, yeah. like what could possibly be in there? Totally. Yeah. yeah, it's good. It's good fun, sort of learning and creating new stuff. So, Adam, what's your favorite recipe then? What, you know, what what do you do with those odd cuts of meat that you love? Uh, you know, I am I'm 100 a crock potter, and so I will. I'll take the the random pieces and and I know a lot of people like to make oxtail kind of on its own but I'll usually take oxtail and um, as a, just an example of one and then some liver and some beef bones and make kind of a extra extra stewy bone broth kind of a thing out of out of some of that stuff um, but then almost everything else I always kind of tend to lean towards the um, 
like taco meat flavor, <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's, it's cumin and it's, yeah. it's the ends of all the vegetables and all that stuff slow cooked and then shredded up and, and, and eaten. I mean, I, I'm pretty, I, I stay pretty basic when it comes to that. And it's actually one of the things that I was going to mention uh, behind what Vanessa was saying about food preparation. And she, she really highlighted it well that when you, you know, food prep is almost it, it's one of the best ways to to really stay compliant with whatever it is you're doing because you're never in that mode of like, oh man, what do I eat? What do I eat? What you know, then you just grab whatever. But there is this tendency, like Vanessa was saying, to kind of start to create the same things over and over. And that idea of sharing and you know, you get that that moment where, you know, three people can come over and they can cook together. You get that communal, that familial communal cooking thing that's that's very ingrained in us. And I think it can be very soothing and and sort of a, a powerful community builder to be able to do that. And then you get that that added benefit of not sort of eating the same things over and over. Yeah. And I think the other thing you struck on there is using herbs. You know, it's it's such mm-hmm. a simple thing, but I, I know when I first started doing paleo and, and I wasn't much of a cook and so you know all of my meals were like meat and three veg uh without any sauces without any salad dressings without any you know just just meat and three veg just cooked plain um and to be honest i was quite happy with it like i'm a pretty simple guy and i was totally fine with that Uh, but i found that you know with the family and when people come over for dinner i was like i was wanting to try and you know add a bit more uh flavor to it and you know one of my good friends pete evans who's a cook over here in australia who does lots of great paleo stuff Mm -hmm. and he was really big on this like you've got to learn how to use herbs and so so mm-hmm. I, th- I thought i better start doing it but you know just learning how to use like you said a few herbs to make a taco flavor or a few herbs for a your roast or a few you know a few herbs to make a bit of a mexican or a you know asian flavor to it all of a sudden with almost you know very very little additional time with very very little additional effort you can actually make that one meal into you know several different meals and different flavors which is great yeah, actually, we just had, um, we host kind of transformation retreats where people come and stay with us for a weekend. And we sort of step by step progress them through this lifestyle, how to work out, how to eat, how to, you know, mobilize, how to meditate. And our our chef who comes and does these retreats with us actually did a whole class on, you know, cooking your meat, cooking your protein, and then how to just have these spice selections or these, you know, little um, c- combinations that you could just season things differently. So you could take the same meat, but create three different experiences throughout the week. Right. So it was hugely helpful for people who are just getting started. And for me, I was like, oh, this is this amazing. Is great idea. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, yeah. there is this. Can you like yeah, send so, me the cheat sheet? Because uh, yeah. Yeah, ex- yeah, actually I can. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's it's great. I mean, she's amazing. And the, the stuff that she comes up with, you're just like, oh man, how did I, how have I been doing this this long without realizing this is how it's done, yeah. you know? But just like the, an example would be just a very, basic, maybe just even salt and pepper on like chicken breast or chicken thighs or whatever. And then you bake a, b- a bunch of them. So you batch cook your, a bunch of protein, but then if you want it to be, um, like you said, like an Asian uh, cuisine of some kind, you take some of those Asian spices and some really good oil and you saute them up and you get the, the flavor to come out of the spice into the oil. Mm-hmm. And then you add that. And then, you know, you've got that chicken, right? So it's that it's making your protein as basic as possible and then blending up and, and kind of firing up these cool blends on top of it. And it's like, I'll, it's a whole new world. Yeah, well, I had that experience when I did. A, Pete Evans did the Paleo Way tour down here in Australia, and he went round to all the different capital cities and was, you know, doing demonstrations and talks, but also cooking at the same time. And so, I spoke at a couple of his talks, and then I got to eat what he was cooking on stage, like back out in the green room. And oh, wow. but he just awesome. cooked this like stir fry, like it was a cauliflower rice stir fry. It seemed so simple, but it just tasted. 
like it's one of the best things I've ever eaten. It just tasted outrageously good, and you just kind of go, "How do you do that?" Like you know, that is amazing. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, it was a great eye opener to the, like, okay, <laughs> I can do better with my meals. You know, this is this is time to yeah. start learning about these spices because it was just absolutely delicious. Yeah, and it doesn't take that much effort. It's just about literally just learning those couple of combinations. Yeah, nice. Well, uh, guys, you know, you just mentioned your retreat. You know, you you guys do an unveil your wellness. Uh, sorry, a Bee Fest wellness retreat. Um, how often do you guys do that? Well, you know, we've just been ramping up more and more of these uh, these events over the years. So it used to be that we did about one event a quarter, um, and then this year we've actually done five. So it's it's starting to get you know a little bit more busy. But what we've decided to do instead of doing the smaller events is we're actually creating a larger sort of festival style event. So Bee Fest will actually be our first version of this wellness retreat, but on a little larger scale. And um, we, we've given it kind of a festival vibe. So there'll be music and entertainment and sort of that artistic flair, but the people will still be getting coaching. Um, you know, we'll have our private chef there serving gourmet farm-to-table paleo meals. We'll be, you know, ca- canoeing down the rivers and hiking in the redwoods and doing all of this great stuff. So it's sort of like these transformation retreats that we've done in the past, but on a little bit larger scale. And then um, we're still doing like one or two of our... Um, adventure retreats. So next year we're hiking Machu Picchu. We're taking a group for 10 days to do Machu Picchu. And then we're actually doing an African safari next October. So we've got a lot of those kind of events in the pipeline. And it's really exciting because they're just growing um, in numbers and in, you know, sort of like complexity. They sound like so much fun. Um, you guys also do some challenges. You've got the unvi- unveil your wellness challenge. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So our, our, um, our online coaching programs, essentially our unveil your wellness is, is our flagship program. And, and what it is, is a series of 12, 21 day challenges that take place over the course of the year. So it's, it's based on the four seasons and it unfolds, um, kind of in that way. Of course, it would be upside down for you, but it's, uh, it's, that's sort of the general idea. And it's so for the season, whatever the topics are that we're covering in there, uh, match with that. So right now in the Northern hemisphere, obviously we're coming into fall. So the October unveil your wellness challenge, the strength and conditioning component of it is, um, recovery from summer and then rehabbing injuries and starting to reestablish a base level of strength to put on some muscle mass coming through winter. And the, the food piece is talking about reintroducing the hearty root vegetables if uh, if that's on your your menu and bone broths and all of the kind of things that you know kind of come along with the cooler weather and then of course as we go through winter and transition into spring we're back into a little bit lighter fare and getting people outside more and starting to you know incorporate more of the play and the, the things that you know we just kind of can't do here in the winter time and uh, the strength and conditioning starts to kind of mold into some fat loss and getting you ready for uh, that sort of beach body situation that that a lot of folks are looking for in the summertime. So it's a it's a periodized strength and conditioning program with a periodized nutrition program and and coaching via this pretty remarkable uh, app that that we um, that we utilize to do this. And yeah, and that's un- that's unveil your wellness. And so what we've what we've really found is that these these retreats and these in person things that we do, events that we do, are it, this is the opportunity for this online and virtual tribe to come together 
in person. And it's incredibly powerful because we have clients all over the world. In fact, we had one from Australia come to our retreat last weekend. You know, they, they come from all over the place and they've known each other online and in this really tight virtual community. And then they get to meet each other in person, in real life and train on the things that they're doing and, and just really sort of celebrate the lifestyle that they've been cultivating virtually in these on or in these, you know, in-person events. And it's, it's pretty spectacular. Oh, sounds great, guys. So, look, we're out of time. So, you know, people are going to want to find out more about you guys, um, and they can find out all about your retreats, about your challenges at the website, which is bethewellness.com. That's B-E-E, thewellness.com. Um, they can also find you on Facebook and Instagram under the same name, Be The Wellness. Um, so, thank you guys for coming on board today. It's been an absolute pleasure having a chat with you. Oh, thank you so much. And, you know, just one thing, we do have um, a, quite a few people in Australia that actually participate in the Unveil Your Wellness program. So folks out there that are interested but might just be worried about the seasonality conflicting with what's going on there, there's still so much that's available and, you know, sort of through lines through the entire year. So, you know, if folks want to give it a try, I wouldn't be um, worried about the seasonality component of it. We've got lots of Aussies that are participating and it's it's great for you in the northern or the southern hemisphere. Perfect. All right. Thanks, guys. Uh, for everyone else, awesome. for everyone else, until next week, join the conversation on Facebook. Give us a five-star rating on iTunes. Join our newsletter list at thatpaleoshow.com and let's help grow the paleo tribe worldwide. Join us next week on That Paleo Show. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.